0: The following is a podcast where expert practitioners and thought leaders share their insights and advice. A big thank you to all of you out there, our listeners. If you have any feedback, or if you have a topic you'd like to hear about on this podcast, drop me an email at insights at securitycompass.com.
1: The difference between a failed um, and successful AppSec training session can be down in the details. Uh, so if, if a trainer just shares what SCA is and what are its benefits and why we should do it and then move on to SAS and DAST and the same thing, what are the benefits, why we should do it, and then move on to secrets management and so on. That's in my, that in my experience is not a very effective training session. Uh, no, what the, what, what developer, uh, developers like to see is what people process and tools exist in your internal environments perform these activities that empower developers in effectively or inefficiently conducting these exercises without it being an impediment uh, to the software development process.
0: You're listening to the Balancing Act podcast from Security Compass, your guide to going fast while staying safe in today's digital world. Hello, everybody, and welcome to today's podcast of the Balancing Act from Security Compass. I'm your host, Altaz Valani. Training developers on security is an important issue today. Many developers are eager to learn about security, but they need help. Developers move very fast because their performance is often measured around release frequency. All of this is happening while developers have to keep up with continually evolving frameworks and tools. So how can security teams influence developers to focus on security issues without getting in their way? Joining me today to discuss this topic is Pranshu Welcome to the podcast.
1: Hey, Altas, thank you for having me on.
0: So for our listeners who may not know you, can you introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about your history and how you ended up where you are today?
1: Sure. Uh, So, I'm a principal security architect at Motorola Solutions currently. Um, And uh, so, in my role, I wear multiple hats. For instance, I engage with development teams to ensure our products and software are secure by design. Um, I conduct deep evaluations of new security technologies to advise business on what security solutions to invest in. Um, I also drive proof of concepts for new secure architectural problems that we may be looking to address. Um, I also maintain documentation and technical guidance in certain uh, cybersecurity standards, uh, such as those in the realm of cryptography. Um, before joining Motorola Solutions, I completed my PhD in computer science at Michigan State, where the focus of my work was malware and threat research. Uh, while completing my PhD, I actually taught software programming for years. In fact, I not just taught programming to students, but also helped them debug their code. Uh, you know sitting next to them uh, during the uh, help room sessions. Mm. So I consider myself lucky in that way where I interfaced closely with hundreds, if not thousands of young developers in their early learning years, which helps me now in my role as a security architect when working with development teams.
0: Wow, that's awesome. very interesting background. So let's just jump right in and and start to talk about developers and security. Uh, perhaps why don't we start at the very beginning? In your opinion, what challenges do developers face today with application security?
1: So today, uh, the technical stack or the technological stack in organizations is convoluted, and it becomes difficult for developers to keep track of uh, potential security weaknesses uh, throughout the software development and application delivery process, uh, especially in the context of modern CICD pipelines. There's so much room there to make security mistakes Uh, in my experience want to do the right thing but the overall issue is that devs often lack support from the people process and tools at times to help with the security risks Uh, zeroing down on some of the more uh, prominent challenges uh, to to provide you some examples Uh, first of all there's lack of automation and security testing. So SAST and DAS tools exist. However, they're not perfect, uh, mainly since they suffer from false positives and false negatives, but also can be slow on large code bases. Um, they often also require tuning um, and configuration uh, details in order to get them to uh, you know, perform correctly in your specific environment. Um, also. Uh, And and pertaining to this, there's also a lack of appropriate training for conducting uh, effective SAST and DAST testing. Um, And then um, generally, roughly for every 100 developers, we know that there's one security person, uh, meaning the ratio of devs to security folks is uh, about 100 to one. And this creates a challenge for devs where coordinating with security teams gets difficult. uh, When security teams suddenly arrive uh, late in the development process and suggest mitigations uh, point out vulnerabilities suggest medications that may not be applicable within the application constraints or uh, it's costly and too late or too time consuming uh to perform these changes in in terms of uh, configuration errors uh, they can be subtle and difficult to detect uh, as I've said the, the CICD pipelines and the associated workflows there's a lot of uh, room to make security mistakes there uh there's you know you, you People configure, devs configure often. Uh, you know, Jenkins servers with third-party plugins on there. Uh, with these servers, there's room to make configuration mistakes that can have serious security implementation uh, security consequences. And then there's also secrets in the pipelines that can be exposed. Um, so there's a lot of details, a lot of uh, uh, implementation level details to be figured out. Uh, There's third-party libraries bringing in a lot of untested and potentially vulnerable code. Um, It's also costly and time-consuming to fix uh, security bugs later in the development pipeline. But then how do devs identify and resolve bugs early in the pipeline, and can automation help? Um, And then there's a lack of visibility. So how many vulnerabilities exist in the application? How severe are they, so in terms of prioritization? Um, and then is there a, is there a, a, a place I can go to as a developer where there's metrics for uh, for vulnerabilities uh, that exist in my application. Um, and often in, in terms of mitigation detailed guidance is missing so uh, don't just tell me to sign my code. Um, show me how to do it uh, by show me I mean point to implementation details. And uh, uh, we've also seen that there's no good secure coding standards out there. Uh, we all talk about secure coding. However, we do not provide uh, a good standard or good reference point uh, to our developers in terms of uh, the programming languages that they may be using as part of their daily job um, in, in order to help them write secure code.
0: Mm. Yeah, that, that's, that's interesting. You know, we talk here about security in the pipeline and then security over the pipeline and and all of these need need to come together and one way that we can achieve this is by looking at uh, some kind of training um you know and, and and like again security training is so broad perhaps we could just focus in on one aspect of this in your experience and, and in your opinion what are developers looking to address? from application security training. So I'd really like to take like a a developer centric view on this. So let's look at it from their their standpoint. What are they looking uh, when it comes to uh, security training?
1: So developers uh, are naturally curious about the security vulnerabilities that exist in their code. Uh, At the end of the day, I think we all want to take pride in our work. Uh, In the case of development, this means knowing we wrote an efficient, functional and secure application Uh, but but there's a caveat uh, to this unless the security process is so convoluted and resource heavy uh, that it becomes a burden in which case you know maybe security is somebody else's responsibility Mm -hmm. Uh, and an appsec training program that can enable developers in testing against uh, identifying and resolving security weaknesses that may exist in their code Uh, is highly popular among developers. So ideally, this training program will provide implementation level details and not just preach uh, security commandments to developers. Uh, The difference between a failed um, and successful AppSec training session can be down in the details. Uh, So if, if a trainer just shares what SCA is and what are its benefits and why we should do it, and then move on to SAS and DAST and the same thing, what are the benefits why we should do it and then move on to secrets management and so on. That's in my, that in my experience is not a very effective training session. Uh, No, what the, what, what developer uh, developers like to see is what people process and tools exist in your internal environments to perform these activities that empower developers and effectively or inefficiently conducting these exercises, without it being an impediment uh, to the software development process. Mm-hmm. So that means what is software composition analysis, but then also how do I do it within these uh, within my uh, within my company? Uh, what is SAST or static application security testing? What tools exist for this purpose? Of, uh, and then how do I manage false positives? How do I tune these SAST and DAST applications? Um, how do I use them in my CI/CD workflow? Uh, do you have a GitHub Action workflow or something similar that I can plug into my CI/CD environment to perform scans as part of the build process? Um, and then, how do I use pre-commit hooks to scan for secrets uh, that may have been accidentally pushed into my commit? And and what tools do you recommend for secret scanning? Um, same same for you know we all make mistakes at times and we you know here here or there we will. Push accidentally push secrets uh, into a repository. Then, in that case, how do I safely purge uh, secrets that I might have pushed into a repo? Uh, what is an S bomb, and why does it matter for AppSec? And how do I generate uh, an S bomb for the application that I'm working on? Um, and how do I how do I eventually, you know, as part of the S bomb, when I see the vulnerabilities uh, or the potentially vulnerable components? Uh, how do I manage and track vulnerabilities pertaining to my applications? So so the details um, during the training, uh, during the application security training session can make all the difference for for the developers.
0: Mm, interesting. Now Now we um, often hear about security teams coming in, uh, and you talked about this earlier as well, right? They come in and it's sometimes you know too late. Um, and, and at that point, we, we're just getting ready to release something. Um, and then suddenly we've got all these security issues that come in the way. Uh, can you talk a little bit about how security teams can try to influence, rather than trying to to put these commandments or these mandates around application security practices? So really, really coming alongside developers and saying, "Look, we're we're on your side. Um, here's what can be done to make you a better developer." So really, leading by influence in that in that sense. Um so what are what are some things that security teams can do to try to to initiate this type of influence based approach?
1: Absolutely. I, I feel very strongly that security personnel, uh, as security people, it is incumbent upon us to obtain buy-in from uh, the dev teams that we work with. Um, basically, we want to project our image as, in support of the development process rather than coming in late into the development process and then issuing these commandments and these checks and guidelines uh, and then being viewed as an impediment to the software delivery process. So people, especially developers, are at the forefront of all AppSec efforts. Ultimately, security folks that descend from the heavens to pre-security to development teams in the form of thou shalt commandments are always, almost always largely ignored. Um, enforcement of security practices uh, only goes so far. So there's there's two things that are crucial to uh, be actually impactful when sharing guidance towards securing um, DevOps workflows. Hmm. Number one is to listen and understand developer perspectives on why the current risks exist. So a lot of the times, like I've said, developers want to do the right thing, but they're resource constrained. Um, they may not have uh, enough time uh, and enough knowledge uh, at times about s- specific security concepts and scenarios. Um, and even if they do have the knowledge, perhaps they're lacking tools and process uh, to, to to get to the resolution or to the mitigation. So try to listen and understand um, if if it's as a security person it is important to listen what the what the problem is and which uh constraints uh define that problem and then we need to propose solutions uh, while working with the development team within those constraints um and then number two it's uh it's very important to enable developers in following the security guidance by sharing technical implementation examples as far as possible um that is not just tell them what to do but actually show them how to do it Um, and this can be done in a number of ways in your organization or in your company you can be maintaining um, you know internal documentation on different security practices Uh, for instance if you're asking development teams to sign their code depending on if they're signing ios code or if they're signing uh, android apks or if they're signing windows dll's you can maintain uh, detailed guidance on implementation level guidance on how to do it, um, wh- what people, processes, and technology or tools uh, exist uh, within your organization to help with these, and uh, and then ultimately through this we 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 develop a scenario where uh, we're not seen as people coming in and preaching, but we're seen as uh, people. Coming in and helping and supporting the software development process, rather than being an impediment. Uh, also, um, it's very important to create a security champions program uh, that ensures that development teams have at least one security-oriented person uh, that can, who can peer review all internal DevOps activities at the team level. Um, like I said before, the ratio for security to uh, security people to developers is. About hundred to one, so we can't have a security um, expert on every development team. But then we we do have developers that are interested in security uh, in in most development teams. So then let's enable those developers. Let's empower those developers in um, you know taking that security perspective um, and and reviewing everything from a security perspective uh, when these development activities are being conducted.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's a great point. Now. You know, when we talk about security training, sometimes there's a perception that security training means setting up an LMS, having courses, having a curriculum, and that's a lot of effort to set something like that up and you've got to track it. So let me ask you, is application security training really suitable only for larger companies with mature development teams?
1: application security training is for for everyone Uh, even for small companies um, if we're putting a product or software out there then it is our utmost responsibility to ensure that that application is free of security vulnerabilities Um, like i've said before uh, security unfortunately we we have this concept of security being seen as an add-on to the software delivery process and not an integral part of it but that's where we're looking to change now with the shift left uh, mentality is security needs to be integrated deeply into the software development process. And uh, and 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 therefore there is no way to look at um, security training from the perspective of whether I'm a big company or a small company. Ultimately, we are putting products and software out there. So um, and that needs to be free of security. So, you know, if, if you want to think about it, um, think about it in the context of maybe you're a small company today producing a a product or software that's not deployed uh, widely. Uh, You're not as big as some of the other software companies. However, that software can still exist in critical environments for for writing software for, you know, just to give you a random example for for a 911 call center. Or uh, for evidence management in a in a police department. Now those are the kind of places where the, the software will not be is, is will not be put out in the consumer market. Is probably not in every home out there, but it's still in critical places, and it's still important to ensure that that software is free of uh, security vulnerabilities. And therefore, and and a large large part of that is tied back to like I said before, people are are the forefront of all of our AppSec efforts. And by that, by people, I mean our developers. And therefore, training our developers in application security is important, not just for larger companies, but for smaller companies as well.
0: Mm, That's interesting. And and now you start to talk about operationalizing application security, not just to offer some initial training, but to have this continual reinforcement. What do I need to do in my code? How do I test against it? Um, and, And it kind of is this, Process that goes throughout the construction and delivery process when it comes to software. Can you talk a little bit about your experience and your insights around operationalizing this application security? You talked briefly about the people, the process, the tools. Um, you know, how do we how do we operationalize this? How do we look at integrating this stuff? Any any thoughts on that?
1: Yeah. So there are ways that we can make our appsec training more effective for developers. Um, you know, one way is to ensure that we are considering common application security risks, threats, vulnerabilities that we observe in the wild, for instance, the OS top 10. But so that's the external source, but then internally, we need to also collect, analyze um, and operationalize current application security metrics within our internal environments. So, for instance, if our SAS and DAS tools are finding a repetitive or similar security vulnerabilities among different or or the same development teams, then perhaps the data is indicating that our development teams can benefit from AppSec training and learning sessions geared around these specific security risks. Um, And if the risks are severe and repetitive, then we need to perhaps conduct uh, deep dive sessions to ensure that we enable our developers in understanding why the uh, security scanning tools are flagging these as high or critical and and what is the best way to mitigate these uh, during development. So, with these targeted and focused training sessions uh, that are an add-on to the general training sessions that you may already be providing um, with with the targeted and focused training sessions we can we can gear these around vulnerability metrics and other security insights things we're seeing um, you know in, in our internal environments and then we reduce the cost since security issues are then resolved early in the development cycle since you're training the developers to think from that perspective. Um, and ultimately, that's how I I, I think about operationalizing the uh, application security to reinforce that, that learning and training uh, uh, cycle.
0: Yeah, and this touches on um, the ability to operationalize even at higher levels when you start to um, collect uh, metrics and, and things that can now roll into decisions that need to be made at many different levels. Um, so so tell me something, um, when's the best time to train developers?
1: Early in the morning, ideally around 7 a.m. Developers <laughs> love that. Uh, as as early as possible, I would say, it, it is critical that security be integrated into the, the mindset. Of a budding developer as early as possible. So by delaying the security training, we're just exacerbating the issue that we've created uh, in software development. Uh, and the, and the, the issue that we've created is that in, in traditionally, so if you think about it, you know, trace it all the way back to when a person first learns programming. Um, so traditionally in schools and software boot camps, we've had programming lectures and assignments that focus heavily on functionality. Uh, so which is Definitely important. After all, software applications exist to perform some functions. Um, however, there's no emphasis on security during development. Uh, but we know that get the job done is different from get the job done safely, and that's different from get the job done efficiently. So these are all different uh, components and. Um, in interviews for software development positions, it's common to ask the applicants to write some code that dem- demonstrates some functionality. Then we perform some unit tests to check that functionality. And then usually questions are asked about space-time complexity of the code to determine the efficiency um, you know, of the code. But, but what about security? So security, unfortunately, becomes a- an afterthought. We, we, we're trying to change that. And you know, I'm happy to, to say that. We are definitely trying to bring about that change where we're trying to integrate security um, early into uh, the the thought process of uh, of a new developer, Um, but later on in the developers career. uh, Ultimately, what happens with this uh, in this in this kind of scenario is. Uh, they will eventually be asked to write secure code, perform in- input validation, asked to sign their code and the relevant a- artifacts in the CICD pipeline, uh, you know, use SCA SAS and DAST uh, to manage vulnerabilities, perform secure secrets management, and all of this is new to the developer, uh, you know, and issues arise since no training has been provided and no training is being provided. So now the developer is left to discover security concepts and half-baked solutions Uh, You know, perhaps on the internet and, and, and such a scenario then becomes ripe for for security errors. So these and then these mistakes can be costly in terms of security risks. So I always recommend getting the developer the much needed apps like training as early as possible in their career, and then revising and retraining based on the latest trends of threat actors exploiting new vulnerabilities so that's the os 10 and that's good for that purpose but then also based on internal metrics uh where you see uh, in your environments developers making a similar or uh you know or, or different security vulnerabilities you know perhaps there's deep dive sessions that can be performed in, uh, there as well
0: mm, fascinating this has been a just an amazing conversation. Thanks, you for sharing your insights and your expertise. And on behalf of our listeners, I'm grateful to you. Thank,
1: thank you. you for having me on.
0: Yeah. And uh, thank you as well to our listeners for taking the time to listen to this podcast. You can also follow us on Twitter using our handle at Security Compass. And you can also follow us on LinkedIn. And with that, I wish you all a safe and a wonderful day. Thank you. The thoughts and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the speaker and do not necessarily reflect those of their organization.